It's time for the Drive Stop 4 at 4. Hour number two of the drive underway here on Fan Run Radio. And it begins with Tucker Harlan's Top 4 at 4. Brought to you this afternoon by Knoxville Smiles. Tucker, what do you got? Thank you, Russell. At number one, Jim Harbaugh has officially announced that he is leaving Michigan to become the next head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers. Harbaugh was considered among the most desirable candidates in this coaching cycle because of his success in both the college and professional levels. Uh, A couple interesting notes about Harbaugh. He was the quarterback of the Chargers from 1999 to 2000, and the Chargers do play the Ravens at some point next season. Oh, yeah. Harbaugh Bowl. Another one. He's he's legit psycho. Yeah. And I really wish he was the Titans head coach. (laughs) I mean, this is like crazy, crazy. It would be fun. But he's – I don't know. is, Is he crazy or is he just what is the term on the spectrum no i don't i used to think i think he is on some things but if you've really got to watch some of these interviews with his family like he's he's nuts i think he has an interesting way about him at number two the tennessee titans have requested to interview baltimore ravens db's coach denard wilson for their defensive coordinator opening Before his time in Baltimore, Wilson held the same position with the Rams, Jets, and Eagles as DB's coach. Wilson is also expected to be a candidate for the D.C. opening with the New York Giants. Huh. So he'd be a first-time D.C. Yes. We could really use some improved uh, DB play. Yeah, I mean, he coached up Kyle Hamilton over there in Baltimore. How do you feel about that? I mean, Kyle Hamilton, he's a talent, right? Yeah. How do you feel about an offensive first-time head coach hiring a guy who's never really been a defensive coordinator? I don't love it. At least Tim Banks had been like a co-DC or or something for a little bit. My question is, what would you rather have, that or somebody that's been fired as a head coach or get another DC from elsewhere? I kind of feel like I'd like to have a – retread you know either a experienced defensive coordinator or yeah a head coach somebody that you can kind of hand that side of the ball off to while you work on the offense he's a maryland terp hmm. who wilson mm-hmm. he would have i think he when did we play them in that bowl game in the early 2000s you remember uh, what it was like oh three oh four if it was 03, he played. We played against him in that one. Surely that he's just one of many candidates that will be considered. Yeah, that's what it sounds like here. At number three, the Carolina Panthers have zeroed in on their next head coach in Tampa Bay offensive coordinator Dave Canales. The Panthers are hoping he can do what he did for quarterbacks Russell Wilson, Geno Smith, and Baker Mayfield for Bryce Young as the as the team's new head coach. Uh, Canales worked alongside the Panthers' new GM, Dan Morgan, for eight seasons in Seattle. Is he any relation well, yeah. to, to Chico Canales, who yeah. was the guy from North Texas that Butch brought up here to coach quarterbacks that year? I don't know. Why don't actually. you know that? He went to Azusa, He's from the West Coast, Azusa Pacific. What was Chico's real name? Mike. Mike Canales. Mike Canales. I saw him on the sidelines somewhere in a, in a game this year. He's, he's him and his wife Lizzie thing. have four children. 
Ashby, Benjamin, Beatrice, and Amaya. Beatrice? Yeah, that's cool. That's a cool kid. Is that is name, that name that's disappearing? Going, yeah, it's disappearing. I don't uh, think we my, mentioned it the other day. But. My mother-in-law's Beatrice. <clears throat> Call her B. Aunt B? Mm-hmm. That's what my sister is. She's an Aunt B. Not Beatrice, though. I've always liked the name Beatrice. You like mm-hmm. it, Houston? Nothing connecting. I like B. Chico Canales. I guess Canales is a common surname. Hmm. I mean, to me, this guy is like, honestly, he's very similar to Sharon Moore. Same kind of deal. I mean, he was. It's kind of an out there hire, I feel like, for the Panthers. High school offensive coordinator, special teams tight ends coach at El Camino College. Assistant strength coach at USC, and for one year, it isn't out there. The Bucks were not very good on offense. They were they won nine games. I mean, sure Baker did enough to get in, but Seattle wide receivers coach really his weird. biggest claim to fame, 2010, 2017. So what did he have? Golden Tate there. Yeah, I mean, passing game coordinator for Seattle, twenty one year, twenty to twenty one. Quarterback coach, twenty two. He is this guy the new Dan Snyder. Tepper? Oh, yes. With, I, I think without – I'll give Tepper the benefit of the doubt. That is true. Without some of the, like, Dr. Evil, uh, billionaire, like, evilness about I mean, him that this Dan guy's Snyder th- had. He's throwing drinks at people at games. Yeah, he's getting in – you know, he's getting used to being an NFL owner. Yeah, but he's he's not <laughs> – he's, he's – <laughs> What is uh, – how long – how many years do you have to be an owner before you get the handbook about not throwing drinks on people at your own games? One. I mean, it's amateur hour. I mean, Daniel Snyder, I mean, both sides of the aisle in Congress wanted to talk to him about what the hell was going on. He gets on his 800-foot yacht and gives him the finger. Can you blame him, though? I mean, if Congress were wanting to talk to I you, could, wouldn't you like I to could, just give if, him the if finger? If we had the money to do that just to see you stand at the – back of the boat as we're sailing off into the Atlantic. Excuse me, Mr. Speaker. I would just like the record to show. Turns around, unzips pants, and moons the Speaker of the House. Smacking it. And finally, at number four, uh, former LSU wide receiver Kayshawn Booty has been charged for illegal online gaming. Booty placed over 8,900 bets, some of which were on LSU football games while he was in school. (laughs) Uh, if you do the math on that, that is actually one bet per hour. You know, they they really did sweep that Brad Bohannon guy there under the rug. I know it's college baseball and everything. Oh, yeah, the Alabama coach. But that was a gambling scandal in college athletics in the Southeastern Conference that I'm sure Sankey and those guys are all over this right now. They They do not want this to turn into a thing. Not only that, dude, I, I've got a friend that he went back and watched all their games. That's so weird. And said that there – but the thing about it is he's right. There were some really questionable managing decisions. When he pulled – I mean, pitchers that were low in pitch counts and were just absolutely dealing. That would be a great project for one of these guys at like the Athletic or one of, you know, a real – quote-unquote real sports journalist to really dive into – get some people to talk do you think or would we need somebody like our guy trey just completely dig into something like that somebody i, I would love to read the expose on brad bohannon the terrible end to his tenure at alabama baseball roll down tide that it tucker that's it
Thank you, sir. That is the top four app for it. It is brought to you by our friends over at Knoxville Smiles. It's where I go for all my dental work. They do a great job at Knoxville Smiles. If you need a teeth cleaning, you need a tooth removal, you need a restorative procedure, you got something that's causing you pain, sore tooth, you've got uh, some cosmetic stuff that you would like to get done, make your smile look better. They do it all right there in their state-of-the-art West Knoxville facility on South Peters Road. Give them a call at 865-539-1776. Set up your appointment. That's 539-1776. Or just go online to KnoxvilleSmiles.com. Hour number two of the show underway. Uh, Spraggins makes it official today as well as long been rumored that he is coming back for a fifth year on Rocky Top, Tennessee's super senior right guard making it official on social media today. He will be back for one more ride with the Volunteers. And suddenly, that offensive line, which we all thought was going to be a huge question mark back in the season, remember we thought, oh, Cooper's probably gone. Waffle House is certainly only here for one more year. Spragan's probably gone. Man, we're going to have to hit the portal hard. And... They got all four of those guys to come back. Well, three three of those guys to come back and then added Hurd. It feels good. Chance to be – I mean, they were up for – what's the award? The the Offensive Line Award? The Joe Moore Award? Moore, yeah. yeah. They were up for that like three weeks left in the season. I mean, th- th- it was not a bad offensive line this year, and now it seems we like – We have one of the best rushing attacks in the conference. First time in school history with uh, 2,500 rushing yards three yeah, years a, in a row. But it's it, it's a gimmick offense. Right, yeah. Air raid. Yeah, air, air raid. Pass See heavy. Pass heavy, yeah. Do you think they have record-setting potential? I mean, it feels like this could be, uh, on paper, the best. It's If if Sampson is able to stay healthy, I feel like there's, there's going to be a drop-off after him. But if they keep him healthy – I mean, well, 3,000 yards selling. rushing, is that on the table? Yeah, I think so. I, I, I kind of feel like you're selling Selden a little bit short. He's not – he doesn't have some of Dylan Sampson's explosiveness. He's a much more durable – Based on the, what? His size? Yeah. That and – I'm telling you, if Dylan Sampson can't learn how to pass block, he won't be playing. Oh, he's going to play. You know, get the – you know, the prince that was promised murdered play. back there. Well – We'll fix it. He's he's special. Dude like that, gonna play. You're saying don't don't sleep on my man Cam. Um no, I, I, I like Selden. I and mean, wasn't that the kid that was compared to Debo Samuel when we were recruiting him? Yes. Everybody thought he was going to play. Well, everybody. Some were saying he Let's was go ahead going said, to I, I thought he was going to play day one. I did. He thought he not. should have. He did not. He played. He played day end whatever the last day was. He played. He looked. I thought he looked looked okay. Looked good. Look, thought he flashed. Will you give him a flash, Russ. Yeah, he flashed against Iowa. Yeah, I thought he flashed more against Georgia. I kind of watched the Georgia game in an altered state. Yeah, where. I honestly don't remember anything he did against Georgia. <laughs> the only thing I remember about the Georgia game that I haven't blocked out is the first play, and then after that, it's just brick wall. We got to get past that. We we got to be able to watch the Georgia. It has been, I guess, I did watch the Georgia game intentionally in in twenty twenty two, hoping for a win, but it went so wrong so quickly mm. that 
just forgotten about have not watched the highlights don't want to see it don't want to know anything about it the only thing i really remember is we couldn't even get lined up and get a playoff in the yeah, red zone yeah. and it just it it hurts we got to get past that we got to be able to go into that game this year and even even if we don't beat them it, we've got to be well, throw, it, it, throw some punches it, and i feel like we haven't even really thrown punches against them the oh past not not years. not in a long time when was the last time 2016 probably because I mean, ever since Kirby got into that second year, it's not been close. We haven't had any. I don't know. Because the next year was the year that Botch got shut out and mm. Dormady got pulled for Jarrett. Well, he threw a pick on the first play. Went five wide. Genius move. Sixteen. We still had, we had some legitimate tough guys on that team. That we had Jawan. Yeah. Who you did know. you see? Uh, um, Shanahan's comments about Jawan at his presser when they I asked, did. He was asked, "Do you see that, Russ?" No. What was it he said, Houston? He was asked if he was the best blocking wide receiver he's ever coached. Yeah, and he was like, "Yeah, probably." And then he also said that uh, the entire defense last year that he doesn't turn that off at practice, and that st- the entire defense was going to fight him. Yeah, <laughs> apparently he got the uh, that's the Jawan we know the Rudy yeah. treatment. Yeah, you know. And then he you think it's the Super Bowl every practice? He's like, well, it's like, man, I'm trying to make the team. Yeah, here. and stay on the team, which yeah. he has, which is good. And it's, yeah, I mean, he's he's smile when he's punching you in the face, guy. What's the Debo update for today, Tucker? Uh, I saw it. It looked like he's a non-participant again mm. in practice. I mean, you will you will see Jawan Jennings a lot Sunday. Yeah. For those of you who don't watch the NFL a lot, if you want to see one of the most beloved former Vols of recent memory. Jawan Jennings figures to figure in heavily to San Francisco's game plan in the NFC Championship Sunday night. Yeah, it'd be him and Ayuk if Debo cannot go. Just a complete loon Tennessee guy. Not like isn't he just I don't know. You talk about crazy. In a good way. Yeah. Perfect way for how he makes his money. Who are the three players you believe Mel Kuyper has on his NFL draft big board? From the University of Tennessee. I'm going to go with Jalen Wright. Correct. I am going to go with... Anybody else want to take a guess? <laughs> Keaton. Ramel. Ramel Keaton is not on the list. I'm sitting here trying to think of who's going into the Castles? draft. That's my problem. Colin Castles is the number eight fullback slash H-back on Kuiper's big board. Would it really surprise you if he ended up having a decent NFL career? No, No, not at all. I I so wish we had him for another year. I would have liked to have had him for three, man. He he would have been a breakout with with one more year because you you, you see that all the time with these JUCOs slash transfers where they come in and it takes them half a year to get up to speed. Okay. okay. Jalen Wright is number six on his running backs list, by the way. So we got Jalen Wright, McCollin Castles. There's only two other ones that really come don't, to mind don't, for don't me. Don't overthink this. Not Joe Tank, Milton. is it? Joe oh, Milton. Joe Milton. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Duh. figured it was either him or Beasley. Number nine quarterback. Who's he got in front of him? I don't have the full list oh. here. Well, I mean, we could probably name them all. And who knows which one of those guys is going to hit. I mean, look at Brock Purdy. So that's probably a mid-round range for the for the ninth overall quarterback. There'll be nine quarterbacks taken in the draft. Yeah, I mean, you're probably looking at what 
fourth, early Saturday pick, fourth, like fifth, fourth or fifth like round. Yeah. And yeah. again, all it takes is for one team to fall in love with him at the combine or at his pro day. And we he, all, can, he can do that. <laughs> he has that alert. No, he'll put on a show. There's no doubt about that. You put him over there in the Neyland Complex, he'll probably be accurate. 80-yard bomb. Joe Boom. Milton, the uh, speed dating champion of the NFL Combine. <laughs> Quick timeout. You're listening to The Drive on Fan Run Radio. Bill Bender of the Sporting News joins us next. Michigan, are they really just going to give it to the next guy? Looks like it. We'll talk to Bill when we continue next right here on Fan Run Radio. The Drive. Looking for... Fan Run Radio, the drive continues. Russell Bear, Houston with you. Tucker Harlan hanging out in the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios of Fan Run Radio. Let's go on a bender with Bill. Bill Bender of the Sporting News joining the festivities. Hello, Bill. How are you, sir? Hey, I'm doing well. How are you doing? Hey, man. We're doing all right. Uh, just trying to adjust to life post-Harbaugh in the college football universe. It's kind of weird. I think it's a loss for college football. I mean, college football thrives on characters and coaches that are characters and for all his quirks and eccentric behavior. I mean, he provided material for us, and I I just don't think – I don't know. You guys can tell me. In the NFL, it's not the same, right? They're they're guys with play call sheets in the NFL. They don't have the same personality that they do in college football. It's part of the reason that Bear and I wanted him to coach our Titans down here is because, like, in addition to him being good and having already been to a Super Bowl and proven that he can do it in San Francisco, he's just a fun guy to cover. And, like, as as much as I'm sure other rival Big Ten fan bases disliked Harbaugh, when he's your guy, uh, as evidenced by the fervor that Michigan fans have shown the past two years, I, you get behind a guy like that. He's tough to cover. You could ask the beat writers that he was tough to cover, but it was entertaining, right? Like, it wasn't boring. There's no way anybody could say covering Jim Harbaugh was boring. It was just he was combative. He was he's, he was unpredictable, combative, said things, and did, held by his own opinions. Like, he just didn't care what everybody else thought. And, I mean, that's a redeeming quality for a really good coach um, because he – he does and says things his own way, whether it was even in the political realm, right? Like he, he made, he was at the March of Life last week. Not everybody's a fan of that. I, I don't, I, I personally, I, I would just probably stay out of that one. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I'm Catholic. I'll just put it that way. So, um, I'm not ashamed of some of the things that he comes out and says. It is rare, particularly in, in that world, that uh, a coach will will say anything if if it were me bill and i had the, that kind of money at stake and i had a locker room of you know 80 plus guys of differing backgrounds to keep together i'd probably just call it right down the middle yep i ain't talking if it ain't about football i ain't talking about mm-hmm. it no comment well you know in my experience in covering jim so the the kind of playbook was this he wouldn't talk about himself he wouldn't brag about himself he wouldn't talk scheme with you per se. Like if you would ask him, well, what did the play call for here? And he's not, he's not getting into that. And I think part of it is he's a former NFL quarterback that just would end up talking down to you anyway. Um, and, but he would talk about his players. He, he gushed about players like McCarthy and Corum. 
He would talk about his role models, his mentors. Um, and, you know, like I said, he would step out and talk about things every once in a while. I mean, not everybody liked his opinion on Colin Kaepernick, yet he was the guy that supported Colin Kaepernick, uh, despite saying, remember, I think he said something about he didn't like that he anthem but he ended up being one of his biggest supporters so it's just it it was literally you never knew what you were going to get with Jim Harbaugh do you think Connor Stallions will be getting a place on the San Diego staff uh, I I still call it San Diego the Chargers staff in Los Angeles well you know what I I, I doubt it but uh um I think Jesse Minner will his defensive coordinator I think what they were able to accomplish I'm not, I'm still, and we've talked about it on your show a little bit, like I didn't get hung up on that scandal too much. I'm not, I'm really not worried about the first one, the impermissible contact during COVID, because as I've been telling people, we were all making it up during COVID. We can't act like we weren't. Um, The whole country was. So uh, uh, with recruits and how that went down, I don't really worry about the sign stealing scandal, a little more severe, especially if Connor was on that central Michigan sideline. I don't think they're going to forfeit or asterisk any of these games. I don't think they're going to get a hammer dropped on them by the NCAA. Jim Harbaugh may get a show cause, but I just don't see that happening. Now, we're talking about the NCAA, also incredibly unpredictable. But, I mean, you guys saw it, right? We saw them beat Penn State, Ohio State, Alabama, Washington after all that stuff went down. So how could you say they didn't have two eyes, right? Yeah, I mean, they they definitely won it on the field. Uh, I would have liked to have seen them play Georgia, but Georgia only has themselves to blame for for that one, I suppose. Visiting with Bill Bender of the Sporting News here this afternoon. Bill, is Michigan really just going to hand this off to Sharon Moore? Are they looking at this as their version of, well, Urban Meyer is is being forced out. We're just going to keep things rolling with Ryan Day. That's worked out well for the Buckeyes. Yeah, it's a great comparison, and I think that's what they're going to end up doing. And part of it is where we're at in the calendar. Urban Meyer retired, I believe they still had a couple games left. I'm trying to think, I think it was before the Michigan game. And they went on, and they kind of did the whole handing the keys over before the Rose Bowl and went from there. Because we're so late in the calendar, if Michigan were to go to another coach like Alabama did, they would have more guys enter the portal. Uh, I don't know that you can make a program decision just based on that alone, but looking at what happened at Alabama, you could say, all right, if we go outside Sharon Moore, we're already losing 15 guys or so to the NFL draft, then we lose a couple more. I mean, what's our two deep going to look like next year in an 18-team Big Ten? It could be rough. I mean, do you you think it would be worth it to at least – make a phone call, maybe quietly behind the scenes to gauge Brian Kelly's interest or maybe a Matt Campbell, a Luke Fickle, somebody like that? I think it's definitely worth calling Brian Kelly, um, although the Michigan sources I talk to seem to think there's really not an appetite for that, which is strange to me because Brian Kelly wins wherever he goes. Like, we can make fun of the whole – I'm not, I can't repeat the way he said family, all right? <laughs> I, I have my own way of saying it up here, and I'm not going to deviate from that. But, um, like, the fit in Baton Rouge versus the fit at Michigan where he coached at Grand Valley State would be better. And Brian Kelly, for all his faults, you cannot deny that guy wins wherever he goes. 
Hasn't won national title, but he wins a lot of football games. What kind of trouble, if any, is Michigan expecting? I mean, you still got the NCAA looking into a, a couple of things, don't you? They do. I mean, like we said, with the impermissible contact with recruits one, where Jim Harbaugh lied, but if he's out, I don't know how much you hammer the program. Then the sign-stealing one, I mean, I again, I'm kind of of the opinion that he got punished. He got suspended for three games. Yes, it was Big Ten warranted and not from the NCAA, but, I mean, that should be enough. And I think they may face some punishment. And, and as I've been consistent about the whole way through, is the one that bothers me, the, the stealing the signs doesn't bother me. The, the going, even going to the stadium and putting a guy in C-deck, that doesn't do it for me yet. What got me was if that was Connor Stallions on the Central Michigan sideline, and most people seem to think it was, and they were playing a Big Ten opponent, I mean, that one pretty bad. And that one should be punished, and I, I don't know how it hasn't been. Talking with Bill Bender of the Sporting News here this afternoon. So, uh, we mentioned Ryan Day earlier. I mean, uh, I saw a bunch of people tweeting last night, oh, he's got to be the happiest guy in college football right now. And perhaps, Bill, but also, uh, in my mind, it just ramps up the pressure on him now. It's like you have to make something happen this year, and particularly there's going to be a lot of pressure on him to beat Michigan, I would imagine. That's the that's the biggest pressure point, and they've gone on a spending spree, and everybody knows they got Caleb Downs. They got took two really good players. I mean, you guys have seen them in the SEC. Quinshawn's really good running back, and Caleb Downs was as good a safety as a freshman as you could have, and yeah, and the, the reported number of millions of dollars they've spent on retaining players and getting players in the portal it's it's a lot and there was some debate with my buddies they're Buckeye fans and going at them a little bit last night when you start saying hey you're buying a national title they get pretty testy pretty quick but that's exactly what they're doing so um it will put the pressure on them if they lose to Michigan last year with Michigan making all these changes and they're too deep changed and you know just what's going on around that program I don't know, man. I don't know what would happen to Ryan Day if they lose another one. <laughs> is that even really an insult anymore? Because I mean, it's it's almost disingenuous. To say you you know you're buying a national. They're they're it's spending like, yeah, money how, on talent. How else do you win a national yeah. championship? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, just the but okay, that's fine. But let's not like where where it gets sticky to me is you know don't everybody hates the Yankees and Dodgers, right? Why? The Dodgers just bought Otani, and, uh, you know, the Yankees always buy their guys. So let's not act like that's not what you're doing, right? Like, so don't try to make it anything yeah. other than, yeah, that, that's exactly what we're doing. I got gotcha. you. Well, the, the implication. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you know, the like, implication is you didn't earn it. You couldn't do it otherwise. Nobody wants to come to your place. They only go there for the money, which I, I, there's some truth to that, but it's true everywhere, right, in modern college football? True, but like my point is the transfer portal for Ohio State, Georgia, and this, well, I guess to some extent Alabama when they had Saban is, and Texas and Texas A&M is different than it is for you know Purdue or, or Mississippi State or you know Ole Miss. We could do the same thing there. I mean, are they buying an SEC championship with all the players that Lane Kiffin was able to bring in, or 
you know, but they're the same school that lost Quinshawn Judkins. But I just look at that with the heavyweights in college football. They're using the transfer portal like the Yankees and Dodgers do. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Ole Miss is definitely they, – they have – they've been able to tap their boosters and their money people down there, and they are willing to pony up the cash to make sure that their favorite school is competitive in getting the most talented players to campus. You know, it's interesting, Bill. I think the view towards that down here, like from Tennessee fans, is not even – I don't think Tennessee fans hate Ole Miss for that. It's just like, well, I guess we got to up our game. You know, is is right. that the way they look at it in the, in the Big Ten or not? I, yeah, I mean, it, yes and no. I mean, it, it would just be like if Georgia went on a spending spree and got on top of what they already had, and then Georgia went out and got the top quarterback, which, by the way, Raiola slipped to Nebraska, as we know, um, from Georgia, and then they bought the you know the best running back and the best defensive player out of the portal, people would be like, what else do you need? And I think that's kind of the, the sentiment here. Um for the Bulldogs, it's, and for those programs, that's what it is. But to your point, yes, you need to be able to do that. And how sustainable is that? Let's, let's take Ohio State, for example. Let's say it backfires. Then what? You put all this money into a team and it backfires? That's risky. That's part of this whole – but I guess that's like that in pro sports too. Ask Jimbo Fisher. Yeah, well, and Ohio State, who did they just hire as their new athletic director, the Texas A&M guy? <sighs> wow. Willard, York. Yeah, somebody who was it? Somebody said on our show yesterday, man. If if you are Ryan Day, you got to be looking at man. My new boss just fired a guy who had a seventy million dollar buyout. Yep. Whoo! It's not exactly right, reassuring. Right. No, and I mean Ohio State has all those things. I'm not demeaning what they're doing. Sure. They're, this is a response to your biggest rival winning a national championship, and any fan of that program would be like, yeah, this is what we want. Um, They've got great facilities. They've got a great program. They produce good NFL players. And part of it is, you know, they did have what I do like in college football is they had a handful of guys on that defense, four or five guys that haven't beat Michigan and haven't won a Big Ten championship that bypassed the NFL draft to come back for another shot. And I'm, all, I'm always a fan of that. I think that happened at Washington last year, and it's a big reason why they went to the playoff is they had a bunch of guys stay in school. Uh, Bill, what kind of guy is Sharon Moore? Because – you know, I, I look at his resume, tight ends coach for two years at Louisville, tight ends coach three years at Central Michigan, tight ends coach at Michigan for two years, and then co-OC the past couple of years. Like, that, that is not a very fleshed-out resume. No, but I guess he had this audition, and we, and we all saw it. The audition he had when the program was on the rope, goes out and beats Penn State, goes and beats Ohio State, held it together for a critical month, for the program, juggled offense. I, I know he's a really good offensive line coach because their offensive line was awesome the last three years, two-time Joe Moore Award winners. He balanced offensive coordinator duties. Uh, he's been able to kind of be at Harbaugh's hip for the last few years. And Yeah, but, but to your point, I mean, this isn't, uh, you know, a Sunbelt job or a Mac as a first-time head coach. This is a top-ten program. I've had this conversation all week, and I don't know if you guys feel differently. I think – I view Michigan as a top 10 program, but when the wrong coach is there, it's Brady Hoke. It's Rich Rodriguez. It can go downhill really fast. And I, I know I've said this on your show before, and, and I don't know how your listeners feel, but I've always viewed Tennessee and Michigan yeah. as kind of like sibling programs, fan base, expectations, recruiting, how they have to recruit a little bit differently yeah. in their state. Um, 
They're the same program. Michigan is Tennessee of the Big Ten. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, we, traditional, we, you know, tradition. Yeah, tradition almost to a detriment at times can yeah. can hold you back. It's it's interesting though. I just look, uh, you know, thirty seven years old uh, from from Kansas, and uh, man, that that is he is young. That is a lot of responsibility, and who knows? Maybe he's the next big thing, but. Uh, Feels like a gamble. If if I was a a Michigan fan, I, you know, try. I know you, the confetti might still be in your eyes from the national championship, and you just want to keep it rolling. But I feel like if you take a step back, that ten thousand foot view, it's like, man, uh, we are Michigan. We're the winningest program of all time. Um, we just won a national championship. I would like to see what the interest is like out there before yeah, I get it off. And I think again, it comes down to where they're at in this cycle is. Now the portal's open, and these are these different changes. It's different than the NFL where, you know, some of these coordinators will leave a, you know, like Ben Johnson at Detroit will go take an NFL job, and it's fine, you know, because they're not losing a bunch of players that are going to leave when the coach leaves. Um, But I'm with you. I mean, it is Michigan. You would have to have a responsibility to maybe make a couple calls and shake it up a little bit because, what Washington did. They lost their coach and they were still able to get Jed Fish, who I thought was a nice get for them given the circumstances. Yeah, I thought Harbaugh did the timing of it kind of he kind of took care of Michigan because now pretty much everybody started spring semester. So they've got what till April fifteenth, Bill, until the portal reopens and they can freely transfer. Yeah, and I think they have enough the one thing like we were, it kind of brings our conversation full circle in some ways. The Harbaugh, John Harbaugh and Jim Harbaugh, and they're gonna. John's gonna be in your living room Sunday. They are good at, at culture, and I generally roll my eyes at that word because I, I just, you know, every coach says it. But the Michigan, the way he's developed that culture around the program, I think the guys are gonna stay. I don't think they're gonna have a mass exodus, and you know, it's the same thing with Baltimore, right? They. Their success this year, it's wild that they're hosting the AFC Championship game for the first time, but they've built that. They've been, they're, they're one of the most steady organizations in the NFL, and it's been that way for a long time, and, and John Harbaugh's been a big reason why. He is Bill Bender of the Sporting News. Bill, last thing, we'll let you out of here. You mentioned the NFL there. Who's your pick to still be standing when the smoke clears Monday morning? Man, I wouldn't read my picks. I've been, I've been cold in the NFL <laughs> There's been some. Uh, I thought the Bills would beat the Chiefs for sure. Me too. Um, I got Baltimore. I think they find a way, even though I, I understand the implications of having Taylor Swift in our living rooms for three more weeks. I, I understand that could absolutely happen. Um, and, and Detroit can beat San Francisco, but if Debo plays, and I think he's going to, I like the Niners at home. And it, those have been the two best teams. I'm going to go Niners, Ravens, but man. Avoid my picks like the plague if you can. They've been awful in the postseason. All right. Well, we won't necessarily take it to the bank, but we will take it under advisement. Bill, we appreciate it as always, my friend. Go check him out at BillBender92 on the X Machine. Thanks, man. Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me. Bill Bender of the Sporting News one more time on the program. A lot to unpack there. We will do it when we continue. Is Michigan making the right call or is this the beginning of a long slow backslide into well where we're coming out of the college football wilderness yeah we discuss when we continue next right here on fan run radio the drive
Fan Run Radio. The drive continues. Bill Bender of the Sporting News. Bear, what did you learn? I mean, the the top thing that we could just spin out on is the similarities uh, between Michigan and Tennessee as, as programs. They're mirror images. As Said that other. for a long time. You go back well, 100 years, they're the two them. And, I mean, Alabama's different because they've always had a lot more su- sustained success. But Tennessee and Michigan are one of those groups of like five or six teams that go back to the beginning of college football. And what wasn't Lloyd Carr from Tennessee? Or there were there were some weird yeah things. That John Cooper from Powell was at Ohio, Ohio State, State while Lloyd Carr was there, and Lloyd Carr was uh, I think is a Tennessee guy. Dawkins County, Tennessee. There were uh, there were some other yeah, like he is, right. there were some like Lincoln Kennedy Kennedy Lincoln things between Tennessee and uh, Michigan for a while. Yeah. There's some really just weird stuff. Yeah, yeah. Twilight Zone voodoo. And then stuff. we very rarely play them. How many times have we played them over the just years? The one time that I remember in the Citrus Bowl, we absolutely barrel jobbed them. We had no. They that was unfortunate for them because that was that year we should have been playing Miami for the national championship. We were one of the three best teams in the country. I'd like another year. shot at them. I they just they piss me off. The don't even get me started on 97. Well, that is the let's, only let's meeting between the two. That Citrus Bowl in 2001. 45-17. God. Big orange. Um, just a lot of it. And then what stands out, and I'm sitting here thinking, man, did Amy Adams Strunk make a huge mistake by not going after Jim Harbaugh? Because Harbaugh's – I'd love to have a, have a Harbaugh. Those guys are really good at football coaching. Highly successful. Proven guy. I mean, Jim Harbaugh, he's, he's crazy. He's a loon. He's been to a Super Bowl. He's won a national championship. And if you think, you tell me, either one of you guys, do you think he's going to pick up the phone or answer any question the NCAA has for him <laughs> from this moment on? It's going to be so awesome when they hit him with a show cause. And he's like, that's cool. Yeah. We're on to Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> and he'll look around, that crazy look on his face. He's like, yep, shame. Hope they don't do anything to Michigan. We got the... Uh, Chiefs this weekend. Yeah, I mean, is there a happier guy than Justin Herbert today? Because, I, like, I, whatever professional awkwardness is about to ensue between him and his new boss, I would imagine that his chances to win a Super Bowl have increased dramatically. Yeah, um, uh, you would hope that Herbert would reach out to, like, it'd be cool if Peyton reach out to Herbert. Some of the guys that have been around, like, played with Harbaugh, been Here's around what you're Harbaugh. Set to- be in for and as a coach Peyton probably be the best one because I mean he was at Indianapolis with didn't they overlap I, I would be fine with it if if I'm Herbert I would be pretty stoked actually it's just like let's you know he he seems like a smart guy I'm sure he's aware of Jim Harbaugh and his reputation but if if he's you just want to win winner yeah if you if you just want to win and, and you're into your legacy which I feel like he probably like Herbert should be then this is going to be good for you man how many Vols do we have on the Chargers? Josh Palmer. Is that it? I think so. We need to get some more Vols back in the league, man. Yeah. You got two in L.A., technically. I mean, Byron Young's there. There you go. Byron Young, very – him – did you see where uh, him and Darnell Wright both got named to – I hope yeah. I'm not stealing one of your top five. Well, that was in the top five yesterday. Yeah, I mean, they both had really solid rookie rookie campaigns. So. I don't know. What would you take from Bill Bender? 
What was the big thing? Um, just the the stuff on Sharon Moore. It's it's interesting, man. I just you know it, it's nothing against him personally. He seems like a charismatic young man and somebody who's going places. It just seems like he 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 just skipped like three or four steps on the coaching ladder. It's like you got to go somewhere and run your offense for a while. Yeah, maybe go be a head coach at Toledo for a while, and then may and, and maybe even after that, you go to Illinois or something and, and resurrect or do it somewhere where it hasn't been done, and then you get Michigan. And it just seems like he skipped three or four steps. Now maybe he takes it and runs with it. I know Ryan Day was it was probably about as that that experienced at Ohio State, so. Uh, maybe it, it's different. It feels like Ohio State had so much and has so much more talent on that roster than Michigan. I'm telling you, man, go look at their roster and their recruits. It, it is not loaded Mm-mm. the way Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State is. It, it's it's not like they have just a – they're not any more talented than Tennessee on the roster in terms of quality of recruits and depth of recruits that they have over there. They were incredibly lucky health-wise this year. And he's one of the great football coaches, and they played very disciplined football. They were 14th last year. Michigan was. What were we? 16th. They're right on par. Just a few points behind. Nothing crazy. How many five stars they have? Two. We had two. Two. Who were it? Nico and. Who's our other five star? Brew. Pierce. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how they count transfers. Pierce. Pierce was a five on some, not yeah. on all of them. Or Shandavian Bradley was a five on some. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like he was downgraded. Was it one of those time. defensive yeah, yeah. backs that didn't play all that great? Turnage? Was Turnage a five? He was up there. Click on it. It'll show you. Huh. Let's find out. We're going to have significantly more five stars this year. Click on the thing there, HK. This says Nico and Brew. It's worth a Google. Nico and Brew McCoy. Brew definitely... He looks uh, after getting to meet him in person last week. He, did you fanboy out? No. Uh-uh. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm positive. Okay. But it, he said it on the air, and I was sitting. I was listening to him say it, and it was as I was kind of looking at him and Russ. I was like, "Yeah, somebody like you, you look different than every all the other players. You just look like you. You're supposed to be that good." Trivia question from Bill Bender's piece, The Sporting News, two in two parts. I've, I've got the, the basic trivia question, which I will doth my cap to anybody who can answer this. And then I've got the advanced question, which I will kneel before you if, if you can answer this without Googling. All right. First, uh, the easy one is uh, this has been popular. I, I think we've discussed this several times on the show. But three coaches to win a national championship and – a Super Bowl. That would be uh, Jim, Jimmy Johnson. Yeah, Jimmy Johnson. Mm-hmm. Barry Switzer. Yep. And is there another Miami guy? I, I'm surprised. Barry Switzer is usually the one that's kind of a stumper. Oh, Pete, uh, Pete Carroll. Yeah. Okay. I doth my proverbial cap to you. All right, Here, here's where it kicks up a notch. There have been four coaches to win a national championship and an NFL championship. Remember, the NFL had just took a league champ before the Super Bowl started in 1967. So this is like going back to the old days. Yes. And there's four of these I, guys or, yeah, or guess, one more? Uh, yeah, yeah one, one more in addition to Jimmy Johnson, Barry Switzer, and Pete Carroll. Hmm. I guess I made it a little bit easier if you really know your 
football history. I can't remember the guy's name. Wasn't Paul Brown, was it? Oh! Oh! I kneel before thee. Thank you, Oh, master of trivia. Well done indeed, sir. Well done. Here's your scepter. Is that who I was And your crown. He didn't coach Kansas City, did he? No. Coached the... Browns. Well, he coached... The the Browns were named after Paul Brown. Yes, He coached the Bengals too, right? Coached the Bengals for me. Uh, Dewey Warren played for Paul Brown there. Who... He coached... um, wasn't the Bears, was it? This says How cool was Dewey Warren real quick? Browns brought him up. Bengals. Browns Bengals. Okay. Uh yeah, and he was an executive for the Browns and the Bengals also. Hmm. Is is he the coolest UT football player? One of them ever? he's gotta be in the conversation. Dewey? Right? Dewey. I I mean that that is a great summer show topic. Just the coolest player. I mean Dewey Dewey if, I'm not saying he's number one. But I am damn well saying Dewey's in the conversation for coolest. Like a, coolest a lot of the ever. old timers probably say, like Condridge, Bernard King. Bernard King kept himself. I mean, you saw the thirty for thirty. He didn't have a whole he lot kept of friends himself, there. But there's also like legendary yeah. Bernard King yeah. partying stories that partying. Border, that that border on mythic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they still pale in comparison to his court mate, Ernie. Ernie, Ernie G. Like, I, I will tell you, to, in my world, you know, I've grown up in the 90s. Like, there's no doubt Peyton was the king, but Heath Shuler was cooler than Peyton Manning. And cool is just, that's a subjective term, relative, right? yeah. Yeah. Alan Houston was cool. I remember walking by Allen Houston at the 1992 Alabama game. Remember that team okay, that came now, in? How, how old were you? Won at the this national time, championship. Russ? I'm 12. Walking by, and he was dressed like I, I, I still remember like head to toe, like uh, brown velvet. Yeah. And, 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 yeah, and, and he and he's so just impossibly tall, and I'm just like, oh my god, he's the man, freaking Allen Houston. Did you say hello? No, I was starstruck. Yeah, for me it was I was in kindergarten. And we were losing to Alabama. So oh, yeah, yeah. I was in kindergarten over at Bearden Elementary and Ernie and Bernie came into an assembly. I can barely remember it. But I'm walking down the hall like all the kindergartners we you know we're in our little line going back to going back to our class and uh I think it was Dan Bernard King, like I, you know, I was just, you know, bouncing around. I almost ran into him and I felt this huge hand hit the top not hit the top of my head but touched the top of my head and i just remembered looking up and i was like those are the they were the longest he's the tallest person i ever seen in my life <laughs> he's just looking down at me one of my favorite uh bernard king stories was um and i, I won't say who told it because i don't know if i'm at li- liberty to share this but i'm going to so uh, bernard king when he was at tennessee would cover himself in ben gay before he played basketball just like several tubes so just like grease up in the stuff that sounds horrifying that's what he did seems dangerous and uh and insane they uh this person told me that after one of the games uh governor ray blanton 
who was the governor of the state in the late 70s at the time, came into the locker room and they were like taking him around, introducing him to players. Oh, no, he did. Bernard's, you know, he's covered in sweat and being gay or whatever, you know, after a game. And he comes up and, he, and they say, Bernard, this is this is the governor, Ray Blanton. He said, Bernard stands up and goes, what up, Gov? And just like grabs him in a, and he say, he's wearing gay. like a, he's wearing a silk suit or something. He just embraces the guy, just swallows him up in his huge basketball player body you know and uh it came back and this suit's just ruined it was like, and like blue and it's just all and dark and, yeah, sweating been gay that's a good one i've never heard that story i've heard some other stories <laughs> something yeah. that can't be told yeah uh, i mean uh, yeah. i got one for you off there i got a good one is it the never mind we'll talk about it off there yeah well yeah uh, a little bit of breaking news. We don't have to go to the desk or anything, but the uh, Falcons are going to hire Rams defensive coordinator Raheem Morris. Ah, coward! That would have been a bread. Should have gone to the breaking news desk. That that would have been a good breaking news piece. And uh, we go, we're going we're going retread there. They they couldn't pull the trigger on Belichick. Doesn't sound like it. And I get Raheem, it. He, he we got to talk about. He this took next over hour. for Dungy at the Bucks, right? He was he was there for a couple of years. Was how long was Dungy with the Bucks? Was he there in 08? You he built a team for, that uh, Gruden won it with, what, didn't he? Maybe he took over for his Grudeness. Hmm. We'll find that out for you and bring it to you after the break. Stay with us. Hour number three of The Drive coming up next right here on Fan Run Radio. The Drive is your home.